Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me again to uh, the 145th Psalm. This isn't going to be my main text this morning, but I tell you what, I just got stirred up with it again this morning. Praise the Lord. Psalm 145, the last couple of Sundays, I've been talking about the compassion of the Lord. Amen. And you just, you can't talk about the compassion of the Lord too much. Amen. Verse number eight and nine were our text the last two Sundays. And it says, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Pastor Angela this morning quoted a, a verse above this. And uh, let's go up to verse number four. It says, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your marvelous works or wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. Glory to God. We were singing this morning, the Lord is good. He is good, he is good, he is good. Well, we found out that one thing his goodness leads him to do is to heal. Isn't that right? Jesus went about doing good because he's good, because God the Father is good. And what did it make him do? It made him heal the sick. Glory to God. For the Lord is good and he heals today. When you think about the goodness of God, when you sing about the goodness of God, when you do what Pastor Angela was talking about, just starting your day, just, you know, just reminding yourself of the goodness of God. Put some benefits attached. Attach some benefits to that goodness. He's not just good, you know, just generally. He's good specifically. He's good to you. And that means that he, he will do good to you. Amen. Jesus said, if you... Being evil, of course, we, we know that's just a, 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 a phrase. He meant if you're just being a natural person who tends to miss it, who's not perfect, if you being normal and being a human give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Oh, glory to God. The apostle Peter said, if we are judged this day for a good deed done to a crippled man by what means he has been made well, notice he called it a good thing. The man was raised up, he called it a good thing. If you, being just a, a, the sad old person you are, if you give good things to your children, he said, God will much more. He said, how much more? Infinitely much more. How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So listen, when, you're, when you have a need in your life, and we're talking about healing right now, but it could be any kind of a need. When you have a need in your life, don't look at yourself. Look at God. Don't consider how good you are. Consider how good he is. And understand that even when your children miss it, you still wouldn't withhold healing from them. 
You've never had your child get in trouble, act up, you know, and, and, and not right, and just say, well, you know, I'm not going to give you your medicine today. I'm just going to withhold it. I'm not going to give you your medicine. I know you've been sick. I just want you, I'm just going to let it get worse. <laughs> I mean, that's a stupid idea. No parent would do that. No parent would do that. Our God in heaven wouldn't do that. He is quick to give us what we need. Put your confidence in the goodness of God. Put your faith in his goodness. Put your faith in the fact that he's better than you are. He's more disposed to show favor to his own than you are to your own. Well, praise the Lord. That's the truth, amen? Glory to God. Now go with me, and this is where I'm gonna uh, start today. Go with me to uh, our, our uh, church vision. Go over to Acts 26. We're still in the series on healing here. Hallelujah. Acts 26. Now, if you've been to our church very long, you know that these are the verses of Scripture that I'm about to read that the Lord spoke to my heart in identifying what he had called this church, Impact Family Church, to accomplish. This is the vision. This is the mandate that God gave us as a church. Starts in verse 26. This is, of course, Paul talking about, he's retelling the story of what happened on the road to Damascus when he came to the Lord. The Lord had spoken to him and he said in verse 25, uh, who are you, Lord? And, and Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Now, verse 16, he said, but rise and stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the authority of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. This is what the Lord gave us. This is the purpose of Impact Family Church. To make us a minister and a witness of the things we've seen and the things that he will yet show to us. Of course, I'm not talking about some you know, kind of weird and far out stuff. He's showing us stuff from his word. He has revealed things from his word and, he's, and, 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 we're, and we're ministers and witnesses of those things. Somebody that just, that just told our office this week came through another person in the church. They've been bringing a visitor with them to church the last few Sundays. And this person said, I've learned more about God at impact in two or three weeks than I've ever learned in my whole life. This person said, I, 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 I'm learning that God is a good God that he's not against me, that bad things that come don't come from God. And this was a major revelation to this person. That's what God's put us here to, to be a minister and a witness of. These, these things that have been uh, uh, perhaps hidden from church people or even sometimes outright denied by groups and people just because of traditions they've received. It's our, it's our job by the help of the Holy Spirit to open men's eyes, like it says in verse 18, and to turn them from darkness to light. Now that can mean turning them from Satan to God, or it can also mean just turning people from, from wrong thinking to right thinking, 
unenlightened thinking to enlightened thinking. Traditional thinking that's unscriptural to biblical thinking. That's turning people from darkness to light. Amen. Amen. And, and, and that they would receive, it says, turn them from darkness to light and from the power or the authority of Satan to God. See, when people think wrong and believe wrong, they'll talk wrong and the devil will hoodwink them and hold them in bondage. Now, that doesn't mean just because someone is in bondage by the devil doesn't mean they're unsaved, doesn't mean that they're a bad person. But if you don't think scripturally, if you think unscripturally, if your views are contrary to the Bible, the devil will hold you in bondage to those things and, and chains and shackles will be on your life. But oh, glory to God, when they turn from darkness to light, and from the authority of Satan to God, they receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance. We preach the forgiveness of sins through Christ Jesus. He is the Savior. There's no other name given among men whereby men shall be saved other than the name of Jesus. He is the lone Savior of the world. Praise God. All forgiveness, all redemption is in Christ Jesus. But there's also inheritance that comes with that. And see, that's what a lot of people don't know. They think giving their lives to the Lord is believing on Christ, having their sins washed away, and becoming a child of God, which is, and that's all true, but then that's the end of it for a lot of people. They, they've now I'm saved, and when I die, I'll go to heaven. But in the meantime, their lives aren't different. In the, it's different in the sense that they behave differently. Because if you're born again, you're going to behave differently than you did before you were born again. There are some, listen, if you genuinely get saved, there's some things that you're not going to do anymore that you used to do. Come on now. That's the truth. And, and, and if there's not some evidence of that in your life, you need to question what you got. Come on. That's the truth. But then there's an inheritance that goes with our salvation. There are, like I said last week, there are some benefits. There's a benefit package that goes with being born again that goes beyond the, the wonderful basic truths of our forgiveness and, and remission of sins and those things. There are benefits that go along with it and healing is one of those benefits. Amen. So God's called us to, to champion these things and so, you know, I, I know I go over, I know it's a joke around here that I, I go over things a lot and cover things a lot, but there, there's a method to this madness. I, this is not by accident and it's not because I don't have more notes and I don't know. It's because I know how deeply entrenched tradition is. And, and those of you who have been here a long time don't understand or sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the fact that there are other people here who are still in these entrenched doctrines and, and it's hard to overcome those things. And so one of the, one of the most uh, common misconceptions about God is that human suffering is part of God's plan for humanity that God has a secret agenda. Now, it's not always expressed that way, but the church world, this is, this is pervasive. This is not something that's just an isolated you know, belief over here with this group or that group. It's pervasive uh, uh, throughout almost all denominations in America and around the world. Now, it's, it's a lot of times it's stated something like this. You know, Facebook is a wonderful thing for uh, people exposing their, their unscriptural views, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I'm not, 
I don't use Facebook to connect with church members. I ha, you know, that's so if you friend request me, I'm not going to respond. That's not how I use Facebook. I, I connect with church members up here and, and fellowshipping with you. Facebook, I use to connect with old friends, uh, uh, people I, I've known, most of them are Christians, other ministers, and a few people from the past who aren't saved, you know, high school friends, that kind of thing. Uh, and, and I'm amazed at, at how often these unscriptural, traditional things just keep popping out out of people's mouths. I mean, they type these things in. And one of them goes like this. Nothing happens without heaven's knowledge. You know, in everything in life, sometimes, you know, we don't know, but God knows. And the idea is when tragedy and trouble, it could be calamity of some kind it could be a loss of life or or a or a, a prolonged terrible illness that you know is either acute and just lasts a long time or somebody dies from or or you know some other type of of bad thing that well you know nothing goes on without heaven's knowledge god knows and that's supposed to be comforting and uh and another one says faith this is this is really this is great Faith is learning to live with the, with the unexplained. I've seen that. Faith is learning to live with the unexplained. That's also supposed to be comforting. That, you know, sometimes there are things in life that you don't understand why they turn out the way they do. And you, you wish they would turn out differently. You pray that they would turn out differently. But, you know, some things you just, we just don't know. And faith is learning to live with the unexplained. Well, neither one of those statements are true. Faith isn't learning to live with the unexplained. Faith is learning what the Bible says about life and acting on it. God will explain a whole lot to people if they'll go to his word and read all of the word, not just part of it. There's a lot of explanation in here. And so a lot of times I read people, th things that people write, you know, and they'll say, you know, we don't know why these things are. And I want to yell out, oh, we do so know why they are. There's like Pastor Angela said this morning, there's a thief, there's an enemy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If it's stealing, if it's killing, and it's destroying, it's not God. It's of the enemy. Well, praise the Lord. Let's just, let's look at a couple of scriptures today. Go with me to Acts chapter five. Excuse me, Mark, Mark chapter five. Mark the fifth chapter. Now here was a woman. The, the first part of this story uh, is about Jairus and then in the middle of the story, the woman with the issue of blood, her story is brought into this. So let's start in verse 21 and we won't read We'll, we'll finish the story on Jairus after we finish the story on, on the woman here. But let's start with verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. And Jesus said, well, sometimes in life, 
We just have to learn to live with the unexpected and the unexpected. Is that what he said? Did he say, well, you know, nothing happens, my friend, without heaven's knowledge? No, he didn't. He said, I will come and heal her. Isn't that what he said? And uh, so Jesus went with them and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a woman, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, Matthew's gospel says, she kept saying to herself, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now Jesus is on his way to Jairus', Jairus house and a woman, let's talk about this idea that, that uh, uh, nothing escapes God's knowledge. In other words, nothing happens without heaven's knowledge. And that's supposed to be an indication that God knows all about your situation and therefore, if it's not being remedied, then it's because God doesn't want to. There's a reason because heaven knows all about it. It goes along with the saying, God is in control. How many bumper stickers have you seen? God is in control. Well, he's not in control. That didn't get a very big amen. God is not in control on the planet earth. All you have to do is go one or two blocks in either direction of this church and you'll find out he's not in control on planet earth. He's, control, he's in control of me and he's in control of you to the degree we let him be, but he's not even always in control of us. Come on now. God's not running everything. He's not running everything that happens this, on this planet. But nothing happens without heaven's knowledge. Well, heaven knew about this woman. Now, she came in, in, into uh, the press. In other words, the, the throng of people. Now, it says that this woman had had this, this affliction for 12 years. Is that, what, is that what it said? And it says that she had suffered many things from many physicians. Now, understanding how rudimentary and... Uh, uh, the word I'm looking for, crude. Medical treatment was then compared to today. No telling, says she had suffered many things. No telling what this woman had been through at the hands of, of many physicians. She had suffered terribly. You think heaven knew it? Heaven knew. She was not getting any better. She was getting worse. 
But she heard about Jesus and she did something. She decided, I don't, in her weakened condition, she wasn't sure she could get to him. Thousands of people around him. When he said, who touched my clothes? The disciple says, you see the multitude all around you. You know, pressing against you. How can you ask who touched you? So there were people, it was a dense, thick crowd. So she wasn't sure whether or not she could get to him, but she said this, I know this, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. See, she had faith in him. She had seen enough and heard enough that she probably knew people, maybe neighbors or friends or or relatives who had been healed by him. And she realized if they can be healed, I can be healed. Says she heard about Jesus and so she came and she kept saying, she kept saying that on the inside of her, if I can just get through, if I can just get a finger on on the edge of his clothes, I'll be healed. Now Jesus didn't know this woman was coming. He didn't know anything about her. See, a lot of times we have the idea that Jesus knew everything. Again, this is one of the most fundamental truths of the New Testament that when Jesus came, though he was God, he wasn't functioning as God. He laid aside those special resources and prerogatives that belonged to him as God. He willingly laid it aside. He didn't cease to be God, but he ceased to function or operate as God. He became one of us and limited himself to the things that are available to us. So Jesus didn't know everybody that was around him. But he did know this. Somebody touched him and he sensed, he felt that healing power go out of him. So he knew somebody got healed. Now isn't it interesting of all those people around him, no power went out of him until this woman touched him. Other people were touching him and no power went out. See, it's the touch of faith. It's the touch of faith that releases the power. That's why Jesus, when he, when he, when, when, when he, when he felt that power went out of him, He turned around to find out who this was because he wanted to teach the crowd something. Because uh, he wanted power to go out of him and heal all of them. But it wasn't happening. It only happened to this one woman. He wanted to find out who just touched me so that I can bring this out and share with everybody what happened and they can do it. So he's looking around, who touched me? He doesn't know who it is. And finally, he didn't give up. I mean, he stopped the whole show. And when she realized she couldn't be hidden, she, she you know, this, this wasn't maybe the most, the easiest thing to talk about. Okay? She had an issue of blood. It's not something you just went around talking about. But here, it's happened. She's been healed so she, when she saw she couldn't be hidden, she confessed, I'm the one. And he made an example of her, not to embarrass her, but so that other people said, woman, notice he didn't say, ooh, my power went out of you and healed you. That's what happened. This lady touched me and my power went out of her, went out of me. He didn't even mention his power. Now his power healed her, but that's not what he said. He said, your faith healed you. 
Now we know it was his power, but he didn't focus on his power. He focused on what connected the power. And that was her faith. His, her faith healed her. He said, woman, your faith has healed you. What he's saying to the rest of the people, get a clue. If her faith healed her, your faith can heal you. But my point in all of this this morning, all of that's true, but my point in this is heaven knew all about this woman. Did heaven know? Did heaven know? Did God, the Father in heaven, did he know all about the 12 years? Was he aware of everything she suffered by all of those physicians? Not only that, she had spent all of her money. She was broke. Did, did heaven know? Did God know? Is God compassionate? Did he want to help her? Was it his will to help her? Evidently it was because power, it was, that was God's power. How God anointed, Acts 1038, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. So it was God that anointed Jesus with the power. So if God's power went out of him to heal her, it must have been the will of God. It couldn't have not been the will of God or that power wouldn't have flowed out of him. So it was the will of God. God knew her trouble. He knew everything she'd been through. He was aware of, of, of her suffering. He was aware that she was broke. He was aware of all of the trouble in her life. And he, he knew every day of her misery. He knew every day, every day, every day. Heaven knew. But just because heaven knows is no, is no uh, 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 suggestion that heaven can do anything. Heaven won't act and heaven can't act until someone touches God by faith. So this idea, well, you know, God, heaven knows. Nothing happens without heaven's knowledge. Yeah, that's true. Everything that happens, everything that's ever happened to you, the trouble you might be in today, God is fully aware of it, but it's not gonna change until you do something. Until you make up your mind, I'm going to touch God in faith. I will be healed. Glory to God. This woman elbowed her way in her weakened condition. She fought her way through that crowd. Maybe crawled between their legs. I don't know. She did. I mean, she had to fight to get there. If you're going to walk in God's best, there's going to have to be some fight in you. There's going to have to be some fight in you. It's going to have to be some determination that nothing is going to stop me. Make up your mind. In this series, the, the whole thing God's dealing with me about is God wants you well. God wants all of us not just healed. He wants us to walk well, walk in divine life, divine health. But you have to be determined to go after it. We all, have to make, we all have to make up our minds. You know what? I am not going to go on not having my healing. I'm not going another, I'm not going, I'm not going on with this. I'm not going to be on this medication the rest of my life. I'm not going to have this condition the rest of my life. I am laying hold of my healing, glory to God. And, if, and, and, and whatever I have to learn, whatever I have to do, whatever I have to discover, whatever I have to, to, to uh, yield myself to the Spirit of God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find out what God is wanting me to find out. Amen. Well, faith is learning to live with the unexplained. Now think about Jairus. Let's switch, let's switch gears here. Jairus, Jairus came to Jesus. Now he's doing the right thing. He's heard about Jesus. 
He's saying, my, my daughter is lying at home and she's at the very point of death. The Greek says she was at the tip point. I mean, right at the very point of death. One more breath could be the last. And he comes to Jesus. He said, I know if, if you'll lay your hands on her, she'll be healed. He's exercising faith. So Jesus said, Jesus went with him. So that means he said, I'm going to do it. He went with him and a great multitude followed him. Now along the way, this, this woman with the issue of blood got healed through her faith. So there, that was a teaching moment. So then while he was still speaking to this woman, verse 35, and telling her for the sake of, of the crowd what had, how she had gotten healed, while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, Jairus' house, and said to him, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the, the teacher any further? How devastating a news that was. Can you imagine? I mean, there was hope, but now there's no hope. She was at the point of death, but now she's crossed that point. She's dead. Most people throw in the towel at news that really doesn't change anything. It, it looks like it changes things, but from God's perspective, it doesn't change anything. Just because you have been given a death sentence, so to speak, in your situation, just remember, God is the author of life. They came and they said, don't, don't, don't bother the master. He's too busy. Your, your daughter is dead. It's too late. And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, I mean, as, as soon as someone whispered that he heard, he immediately turned to Jairus. And he said to him, do not be afraid. Only believe. See, that's not learning, that's not learning to accept the unexplained. It would be easy to say, you know what? I, I came in faith. I'm believing God. I know Jesus is a healer and I've been trusting him to heal me and now it's too late. It's gone too far. I don't understand it. I have people say that. So I don't understand it. I mean, I, I thought I was believing God. I, I don't understand what happened. Faith is not learning to live with the unexplained. Faith is learning the unexplained from the word of God. Jesus said to this man, do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Jesus didn't even trust the rest of those disciples to not get in unbelief. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. See, in, the, in, in, in that part of the world at that time, there were professional mourners. That's what they did for a living. And when someone died, these professional mourners would come in and they would just, you know, just get everybody all worked up. And uh, so, so these people were, were weeping and wailing loudly, just carrying on. So when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. 
and they ridiculed him. Most Christians would have ridiculed him. Most Christians would have said, now you've gone too far. Can't you see she's dead? They, they ridiculed him, but he put them all outside, took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered into the, where the child was laying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given her to eat. I'm gonna tell you something. You might have some unexplained things in your life. You might have some things you don't understand. You, don't have, you might have some things where you've prayed, you've sought God, you've given it your best, and, and it just hasn't turned out the way you thought it would. Don't live with that. Don't accept that. That's not, faith is not learning to accept failure. And, 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 and let, me, let me rephrase that. I don't mean that you failed in the sense that you failed God, but I'm talking about the failure, of the, of, of the failure to receive healing or whatever it might be. Faith isn't learning to, just to live with that. Faith is going back to the word of God and saying, what does God say about it? What is God's last word? Don't take the devil's last word. Don't take circumstances so-called last word. When your friends and your loved ones or people around you say, this is the last word, there is no more hope, there's no reason to go on, this is final, look to God because he, 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 he lives in another realm. He walks in another place, praise God. He sees things from the other side. Find out what God says. Soon as Jesus heard it, he said, do not be afraid, only believe. He didn't, say, he didn't say try to rationalize. He didn't say try to figure it out. He didn't say, he said only believe. I tell you what, there are, th there are times in your life where the answer is to only believe. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.